if it was easy, I don't know if I'd be here right now. Like, there's mm-hmm. something about the like the reality of like no like it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a challenge that actually like really excites me. Welcome back to the Joyful Catholic Leaders Show, where you'll hear stories and insights from those who lead with faith. Today, we're joined by three men who are about to become some of the Catholic Church's newest priests. I will go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Yeah, my name's Deacon John Utech. I'm from the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis here. I'm Deacon Nathan Pacer, and I'm from the Diocese of Rockford in Illinois. And I'm Deacon Scott Patternis from the Diocese of Duluth. Thank you, fellas. Really appreciate you being here and taking some time to talk with us, especially with all three of you having ordination coming up so yeah. quick here. So thanks for taking some time. Very exciting. Um, yeah, and by the time we post this, Deacon John, immediately to my left here, you'll have been ordained, uh, Deacon Nathan and Deacon Scott, not far behind on the ordination calendar this spring and summer. Uh, so let's just go around the horn, starting with you, Deacon John. As of, as of this moment in time today, uh, how are each of you feeling just with ordination approaching? What's the, the vibe like for you guys? Yeah, at this point, at least for me, mostly the nerves are, are gone. Maybe they'll come back as, as it gets a little closer, but I'm mostly just super excited. I've been in seminary for eight years now, so uh, it's, it's a long road. It's been great, but, but at this point... There's just been, you know, I've been working towards priesthood for eight years, so it's something obviously that I'm really excited for. I'm not, I, I don't think I've ever worked at something for eight years before, so <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty stoked to to finally be in a parish and and do what I've been preparing to do for yeah you know, the last eight years. Sure. Yeah, I'm starting to get excited. It's been a long haul, six yeah. years for me, and. Um, you know, there's still just a few things I'm kind of wrapping up at school, so I think that's kind of occupying my mind. I'm not thinking, you know, too much. I'm just trying to kind of live right now in the moment, get the things that I need to get done, and also just to kind of really soak up the friendships mm-hmm. I've built, uh, you know, over these past, you know, four or six years. And so just really trying to live in the present right now, but definitely getting very excited to be ordained. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I am extremely excited and ready and at the same time, terrified and not feeling prepared at wow. all, right? Yeah. Uh, because it is such an incredible calling that the Lord has called us to where, yeah, knowing that I'm going to make mistakes in it, still human, uh, but unbelievably excited, right? So I've been doing this for in seminary for six years as well, and... Yeah, the excitement is building more and more every day. Uh, yeah, the struggle is trying to remain present <laughs> yeah. uh, to the things that we still have to do right now. So, yeah, because the excitement, the excitement is there and looking forward to what the Lord has in store. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's always an interesting experience <laughs> when you're ending something but also beginning something, yeah. kind of the dichotomy of that, right? So, yeah. Deacon Scott, let's start with you on this next question. Uh, and then come back the other way. Briefly, each of you just kind of walk us through your vocation story that, again, is is culminating, but also just beginning at the, the same time here. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up Catholic, uh, born and raised Catholic. Faith was never really something we really talked about in the family. Uh, went through faith formation, got confirmed in everything else. Um, but I never really embraced the faith for myself. 
and then went to college. After college, my folks owned a small resort uh, in Brainerd, and I was at home working at the resort for a couple years, went down to the lake uh, to watch the sunset, and struck by the beauty of it, and just prayed for the first time in my life, and I said, Lord, I have everything I want, I'm doing what I want to do, send me a woman, because everyone I pick is the wrong one, <laughs> and then I heard him speak to me for the first time, and he said, Scott, if you want good things from the Lord, don't you think you should live a life pleasing to him? And it kind of really brought me to the fork in the road where I can't just straddle both sides. I actually have to choose one side or the other. Uh, so I gave him a chance. Um, didn't know him, but I was like, all right, Lord, I'll give you a shot. And he wrecked my life in the most beautiful way. Uh, so after really only about a few months, the prompting was there to go to seminary, and I thought seminary was a two-year-long internet program, <coughs> so... <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you duped me, oh Lord. Um, but I gave my yes and stayed at the resort for one more year as I was going through the application process. Uh, but as soon as I got to seminary, it was like I'd been riding on the rumble strip on the side of the road my whole life. And then as soon as coming to seminary, it was just... I'm finally riding on a smooth road again. Uh, so there was an ease, there was a peace and a joy that I didn't even know were possible. And the Lord's done nothing but confirm that desire over and over again since I've been in seminary. So good. Follow that up, Deacon Nathan. So actually, um, when you always hear a lot of people's vocation stories, there's typically something miraculous that happens and... That just simply hasn't been the case for my vocation story. It's been just a slower turning towards Christ and coming to see his plan for me in my life. Uh, and it began, you know, with my home life. Uh, my parents were very into their faith, and they grew more into their faith as I got older. And they took on ministry in the church, and so they really set the example of what it means to trust in Christ and his plan. Um, and so at the end of high school, I kind of got the first calling at a retreat where I felt like, I think God wants me to be a priest. But the reality was I just told my best friend and I didn't tell anyone else and just kind of <clears throat> put on the back burner. And I'd continue to go out through my undergraduate years and there'd just be times where it's like, I think God really wants me to be, to, to be a priest. But I just kind of did nothing with it. I was just kind of dragging my feet. And eventually it just kind of came to head where I was, I was like, I need to do something and make a decision. Either I need to take the step forward and enter into seminary formation or, you know, I didn't know what the other option was. And so um, after my undergraduate, um, finishing my undergraduate, I entered the seminary and there was just a great sense of peace. And ever since then, there's just been a peace with this vocation. So... Nice. Yeah, for me, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family and uh, going to Mass every Sunday, all that good stuff. It was a big part of our family life growing up. But for me personally, it wasn't something that I s super enjoyed. It was just <laughs> something that I did because that's what the family did. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how my faith was growing up, up until my junior year in high school. 
I had uh, uh, kind of a moment uh, when I was in adoration, and uh, which I wouldn't have normally done anyway. It was just kind of this thing that just kind of all, all fell together. But had this profound yeah, experience of the Lord's mercy in the sacrament of confession and, and his love in, in adoration one night. And then after that, that kind of moved, moved my whole kind of perspective of what life is about. And um, so that's when I started living out my faith. And at that point, I heard about seminary and I thought, oh, that sounds like a, you know, a place where I could maybe see myself going at some point, but like not to become a priest. Like I just go to learn how to pray and, and learn more about the faith and stuff, but I don't want to be a priest. And so after high school, I decided to serve with Net Ministries for a year as a missionary organization uh, where you spend nine months working with high school age kids, uh, putting on retreats and things like that. Just some basic discipleship work. And, um, during that year, I, I, you know, developed a daily prayer life and just grew in my relationship with the Lord a lot more. And more and more throughout that time, every once in a while, I'd hear, uh, you know, someone say, oh, I, I, you know, I think you should go to seminary or something like that. And I'd always just say, yeah, sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, say no way. But then um, there was one, there was one kind of moment halfway through the year again in adoration where I went into this time and I just said all right Lord I'm ready to to be here with you um and so went into that time and almost immediately uh there was a song that we were singing and I don't remember what song it was but one of the lines was something similar to like Jesus I give you my everything I remember when I said those words, I heard internally the Lord say to me, okay, if you really want to give me everything, then I want you to go to seminary. Mm. And uh, my initial reaction was to be like, okay, you, you know, was that really from God or was that just my own head? And then immediately was just filled with this sense of peace. And, um, and so I was like, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, I'll do it. And I spent the whole like next hour just like crying <laughs> and saying, well, I don't want to do this. Um, but then kind of by the end, I was like, all right, Lord, I still don't want to do this. I don't want to be a priest who would, but, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is what you want. So I'll, I'll check it out. And then within the next 12 hours, I had three people come up to me just at random and say, um, you know, hey, I think, like, not just saying this just to say this, but I think the Lord is really calling you to go to seminary. Mm. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I, I get it. So I spent the rest of that year just saying, Lord, I still don't really want this, and I don't understand it, but it's obviously what you want, so I'm going to pursue it. And, yeah, then entered seminary the next fall, and uh, at, at first I was really not sure if I was going to show up and all the guys in seminary were just going to be a bunch of nerds who just read <laughs> books all day and don't do anything fun. And then I showed up and that wasn't the case. They were guys just like me who like to play sports and, uh, do all, all, you know, normal stuff, watch movies, whatever. And so it's just been a great, great time of, of growing closer to the Lord, growing just as a man in general, um, 
learning to be, uh, you know, a well-integrated, loving man, um, and and just getting more and more excited. And, and obviously, uh, you know, after a couple of years of still being in that place of, of not really wanting to be a priest, I just grew and met some great priests and really saw how incredible the life of a priest is and how fulfilling and powerful it can be. Um, and so, yeah, now uh, 24 days out, I think, <laughs> at the time of this recording, I couldn't be more excited. So mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. grateful, yeah. Now, I know the topic today is not discernment of spirit, spirits, but you all mentioned at some way, at mm-hmm. some point, you felt the Lord speaking to you. Right. How, how do you know? How, do, how does a, a random schmuck like me know, like, yeah, this is actually God speaking to me in your experience? Because you've all lived that, right? Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you guys can chime in too, but I'd say the, the biggest uh, kind of tell that it's from the Lord is if it's if it's filled with peace, yeah. mm-hmm. like authentic sure. mm-hmm. peace. Um, other, you know, other times when something comes up, it 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 could be you know a sense of apprehension when you're thinking about it in prayer, or you know, there's lots of other things. But but one way to really know it's from the Lord is is when it's from the Lord, you you'll feel peace and you'll feel love. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of recognizing. Mm-hmm like where we're at in ourselves, right? Right. Because like none of us like grew up being like, I want to be a priest. You weren't weren't the three-year-old telling his parents that. Correct. It just never went away. That's not part of my 25-year plan, right, (laughs) when we're kids. Uh, So even in that, right, especially if it's something that we might not necessarily be drawn to in and of ourselves, Mm -hmm. having the peace in that, like it's a like a tangible piece yeah. uh, because it's in a place that you wouldn't expect it. Sure. Um, yeah. Even in the midst of acknowledging the difficulties that are, pr- that might be presented in that, still having that peace to give us freedom and everything else is a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll start with Deacon Nathan on this one, but for each of you, what has been your favorite part of seminary that you probably didn't expect coming in? So surprised you in a good way. Yeah, it's funny. I recently looked back at my old kind of entry essay, like what my expectations were Hmm. for uh, the seminary, and I thought it was going to be like a lot stricter environment, like (laughs) like, like a heavy monastic. I I went to all boys military school for high school, so I had, you know, and I was actually wanting to go to West Point for my undergraduate, so like I was like, I'm ready, and I got myself psyched up to go into like heavy monastic disciplined every like hour accounted for experience and so so from the very get-go I was very shocked at the more (laughs) normal environment of just kind of the way I would describe like what the seminar was like was um kind of like going to school but with a very heavily invested club where you spend a lot of extra Mm. time in formation with Mm. and so what it comes to my surprise the most was just the friendships that I've built at the seminary. Uh, I had made some really great friendships at um, Ave Maria University, and friends I, you know, I'm still talk to today and see a lot of today, and so really deep friendships built in the faith. And so I thought I kind of had you know reached a top, and I, I didn't need any more friendship. But the reality is, I've just in my time at the seminary, I've built other beautiful, deep you know relationships that are centered around God and. Uh, hopefully they'll be friends till the end of my my days. So maybe we'll see. 
Sounds like you guys might have a little fun every once in a while. But that, yeah. That's allowed, it turns Maybe. out. Yeah, so. yeah, we've got a 3.30 tea time today. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That'll be good. So, yeah, we'll be sure and get you out of here. I'm not going to get in the way of that. <laughs> so. But I like that word you use, normal, you yeah. know, because there can be misconceptions about what mm -hmm. it is or what it isn't, but kind of mm -hmm. that golden mean, right, all things in moderation. Is that kind of been your guys' experience too? Yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I like shocked me, I was in the same boat as John coming to seminary where, like, it was really hard for me to actually, like, come because I was, like, I mean, I don't know. I hunt. I fish. I like being outdoors, working with my hands. No. I'm going to be around a bunch of guys. They're going to be wearing, like, cassocks and stuff and holding their hands super piously. And I was, like, I don't fit in there. Mm. And then I got there, and I was, like, where are those guys? Because <laughs> everybody here, like... The thing that there might be one or two. There might be one or two. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that really struck me was the beauty of the Lord's calling, right? Like the different ways that the Lord has called each and every one of us, uh, and from different aspects of our lives, right? Like we've had doctors, we've had lawyers come here, and it's just powerful to like encounter brothers that have just met the Lord. And yeah, in regards to friendships. I mean, I wrestled at St. John's, and like those guys were family yeah. to me. Um, that pales in comparison to the friendships that I've made here. Um, these brothers who are walking with the Lord, with you, uh, it's, yeah, the best friendships I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the same for that. One, one additional thing that I was really surprised by was how um, the Lord works through guys like us who are normal, hopefully. <laughs> um, but especially now as deacons, we preach at Mass yeah. uh, when we're at our teaching parish and do baptisms and stuff like that. And after you're ordained... You know, it's not like you feel like you're a completely different person. You're still the same guy. Sure. You, you still have the same gifts and the same weaknesses and stuff. But um, even, even with the example of preaching, I'll put together a homily and think like, oh, this is okay. Like, I, f I feel like there's a lot of guys out there who could write much better things or, you know, who knows if anybody's going to actually get anything out of this. And then I'll preach and then have, you know, all these people come up and say, thank you for that. That really struck me. I'm going through this right now. And that was just what I needed to hear. And it's like, I, there's no way that I had any knowledge mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm. was going to be what that person needed to hear. And so there's, I've been really surprised recently of, of just how the Lord can work through just a bunch of chumps like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What's been maybe one or two of the most challenging parts of seminary? For me, uh, coming back to school, yeah, because I was out of school for five years, five yeah. or six years, and yeah, I wasn't a philosophy guy in college, yep. anyways. So coming in and then like going into philosophy, I felt like I wasn't taking any of it in, and that, that was always really, really hard uh, for me. But then seeing how the Lord just still takes that and continues to form it. Uh, so that was a big one for me. And the other one 
probably one of the more challenging things of seminary is like actually letting the light shine into my own life in a new way and seeing my own weaknesses sure. and coming to love myself in that, um, which is a terribly difficult and not super enjoyable time. Uh, but yeah, just having a lot of beautiful but difficult conversations with formators and but like this is where I'm at and I'm really struggling and this this sucks uh, and but the love that they give in that and walking with us but yeah coming face to face with my own limitations my own weaknesses my own insufficiencies yeah yeah I'd say one of the biggest challenges for me has been that we're, we're kind of not our own person anymore. Mm. Similar to like when I'm sure when you got married, you experienced like, oh, I can't just do whatever I want whenever I want now. Like there's, a, there's other people in my life um, that my, you know, my time is given to. And ours, ours is the same way. When you come to seminary, you commit to being at, uh, you know, certain times of prayer, obviously classes, mass, holy hour, your teaching parish, formation, spiritual direction, all these different areas and, and things that your time is given to. Um, and so that was a challenge at first coming from being able to just kind of be, you know, your own person and, and do everything. Um, but in the end, that actually ends up becoming a real grace and is, is a real like training for being in the parish. Obviously, when you're a priest in a parish, your whole life is that parish, is serving mm -hmm. those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have time off and, and stuff like that, of course. But, but your time is really like that phone rings at 2 a.m. Somebody needs, you know, an emergency anointing at the hospital. You can't just say, I don't feel like it or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired. Like, no, that's, that's what your life is given to. So um, that was a challenge at first, but it's, it's definitely grown into something that I'm, I'm grateful for and have really grown to love. Sure. Yeah, I, I would say one thing that I found difficult is the idea of becoming a public person. Mm -hmm. You know, that your life is kind of on display in a very public way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I would have said, like, in the beginning that I just didn't understand in the beginning. I was just a little student. I've had my own life. You know, I haven't had to worry about the way I was perceived so much, you know, around yeah. others. But just the reality that, you know, you know, and ever since we started wearing the collars, starting with Theology One, mm -hmm. I walk into a public place and you just notice people mm -hmm. looking at you. Like, right. there's, you know, there's definitely eyes are on you and they're watching to see what you do. Uh, you know, it's not always scrutinizing necessarily your actions, but um, there's, and I think what I found difficult with that is just the idea that I stand for something so much more than myself too. So mm -hmm. I'm not just simply representing myself and right. that'd be easy. That, that, that wasn't a problem because if I messed up, Nate, I could get w with that, but, right. but with a church <laughs> that I love so much, yeah. uh, Christ Church, um, you know, it's, I, I want to, stand up for the church and mm -hmm. and be, you know, a good figure and that requires a lot and and that means I can't always ease up at times and just enjoy simple grocery mm -hmm. shopping. But a certain beauty comes out of that too is that there could be these encounters you could have that never would have happened had it not been mm -hmm. that you were wearing the uh, collar right. and mm -hmm. someone seeks you 
and you're able to be there in a very um, vulnerable moment for them and help them in a place of crisis yeah. where you wouldn't have been able to before. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What are you each looking forward to most about, about being a priest, walking into the world that, that Deacon Nathan's talking about? So when I kind of had my conversion, it was kind of like, remember those ASPCA commercials with the sad puppies and the Sarah McLaughlin songs? Right. In the arms of an angel. Yeah, that. Uh, that's what my conversion kind of was like, where yeah. I looked out. Because you can't watch that commercial without feeling pity and sadness for those dogs, Right. When I had my conversion, like that's kind of what happened to me, where I'd looked out and just seeing the brokenness of the world, mm. uh, the sadness in the world, uh, people not believing that they can actually be loved. Um, so for me, like that's being able to just, in a very real way, bring the love of God to a world that doesn't actually believe it's possible, right? that they can be loved. Um, in particular, hearing confessions, I would say is the one thing that I'm probably most excited about, but it also is like really daunting, <laughs> right? right? Somebody revealing their soul to you and yeah. you trying <laughs> to walk with them in that. Uh, but yeah, really excited about hearing confessions. Yeah, I'd say the same. Obviously celebrating all the sacraments uh, is... is Really, really exciting, celebrating the Eucharist, being the, the instrument that, through which the Lord works to bring us mercy, bring us himself. Um, so all, all of that, but also just um, discipleship work, like our lives as priests will be to make disciples mm. and to get mm -hmm. people into heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's just super cool to be like, mm. that's, that's what I'm giving myself to is, is to uh, invite other people to share in the joy and the incredible life that is uh, a life with the Lord. Mm. So, yeah. That was I. I just said pretty much everything about being a priest. <laughs> but that's okay. Sum it up well. Yeah. Those homilies will be good. You're the nice and brief and concise and yeah, distinct. Just hit all those key points and that's bam, right. right? There we go. Yeah, obviously, I think I'm really excited for the sacraments, whether that's you know celebrating the mass and the Eucharist and, or confession. Uh, but I think another thing I'm excited about building off which was initially a difficulty, was being a public person. Mm. I'm actually really excited to be tied to a specific place, you know, mm. a parish yeah. mm. in the land. And not just simply necessarily those parishioners who show up at Mass, but to be in a community at large in the city and yeah. to really kind of I, to be present to that and to bring Christ and to bring a unity that's much deep, deeper than simply having economic ties mm -hmm. or, you know, those ties mm -hmm. of necessity, like schools, sure. uh, and to help build community, you know, founded in Christ. Um, and so I'm excited to to be that public right. image, to be mm -hmm. Christ, to be the instrument of Christ mm -hmm. in the world. And so, yeah. Sure. Mm. Uh, imagine your, your formators and the priests at the seminary who you've spent, you know, a lot of time 
with don't sugarcoat things. You're not going into a world that's all duckies and bunnies and rainbows and, you know, Christianity is the pre- prevailing narrative of society. Right. Right. Um, how, how, do you, how do you walk into that, um, you know, confidently and courageously and um, do what, what you said, Deacon Scott, of bringing an idea or a lifestyle or, a, you know, faith in this case to, to people who don't even believe that, that it's possible. Right. I'd say for me, the thing that gives me the biggest confidence is what, what I shared earlier about it's the Lord working through us. And yeah. there's some those times mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, I couldn't have said what that person needed to hear. Um, I mean, that gives me the confidence. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. I'm not relying on my own gifts and talents because, you know, thank God, because then I wouldn't <laughs> get anything done. But um, no, the fact that, like, just how real grace is yeah. and how mm. powerfully the Lord works through us to, to accomplish what he's doing uh, gives me a lot of confidence walking into yeah a world that isn't always uh, one that loves the Catholic Church or loves priests. Um, so there is, there is at times, a, you know, a fear of like even sometimes just like going to the grocery store wearing a collar is like, oh, man, you know, is somebody going to, you know, how are people going to react? And every mm-hmm. once in a while you'll get like a little bit of a look, but by and large, yeah. you know, this mm-hmm. the reality is I think the ma- the majority of people out there are either, you know, are, are like a lot of people like to see priests. Mm-hmm. When for a while I worked at a restaurant uh, while I was in seminary, in, in college seminary, and, you know, people would always ask, you know, what are you doing? Or are you going to school? And so I'd, you know, eventually tell them I was in seminary and I was expected people to be like weirded out or something like that. But <laughs> by and large, even though, you know, most of these people weren't Catholic, they were always like, wow, good for you. That's like, I feel like, I feel like we need good priests in the world. So mm. yeah, at times it can feel like the the world is really hostile to the church, yeah. but I don't, and, you know, at times it is, but I don't think it's as bad as, as it can seem sometimes. Sure. Especially kind of boots on the ground, like how we experience right. it. Because um, for me, like, it seems like a lot of people are, are just more or less indifferent. Right. right? It's yeah. like, oh, that dude's wearing a collar. Okay. And, like, they look at you. They might look right. at you a little funny. But I have yet to have anybody, like, say something yeah. to yeah. me. Um but I would say, for me,
if it was easy, I don't know if I'd be here right now. Like, there's something about the, like, the reality of, like, no, like, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a challenge that actually, like, really excites me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it, I'm really looking forward to it because if we had churches packed, filled with people, right, that guy would be there celebrating Mass, doing the sacraments and everything else, celebrating the sacraments. But there's a big part of me that, like, I want to go and get people into the church to draw them in. Uh, and there's an unbelievable potential for that now that there wasn't 60 years ago, sure. 70 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, just really excited about that. Uh, my confidence lies along the same lines as what John was getting at, was this idea of how I could approach the world as it is is not because of any power of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually used to give me, I think, a little bit more anxiety as I approached the priesthood because it's like I see these problems. It's like, oh, my gosh, how, how do I f- fix these? Like, you know, how do I do it? But then the problem was it was always more about me. Like, how do I do it? Mm. Uh, and as I've gotten more towards the end of my formation uh, in my prayer life, there's really trying to just uh, surrender, you know, to Christ and be like, you know what, you got the answers, you know, like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, and how are you going to use me? And so um, actually on my chalice, I have engraved on the bottom Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. It's, you know, it's um, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. And mm. just in my own life, I've seen the ways how he's not worked through my strengths, but through my weaknesses. And so the confidence is that, you know, as long as I'm really trying to do his will, he could work with anything I give him mm-hmm. and bring great fruit about fruit mm-hmm. out of it. And so uh, that's where my confidence lays in, mm-hmm. lays in sure. Christ. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a unique story and lifestyle, right? Even for someone who doesn't know much about Christianity or the church, mm-hmm. I think it can be striking to people, you know, here's mm-hmm. these normal, yeah. fun-loving guys who have 3.30 tea times, but they dress <laughs> a certain way. They're celibate. Yeah. You know, you, you really do give your life over to something. Um, does that does that resonate with you, knowing that um, you kind of are or can be, you know, that light to people, maybe even in, in ways that, you know, as people like us or, or, or people who are born and raised Catholic, like you always kind of know who a priest is and what they do, mm-hmm. but there's... There's something very unique and countercultural about what you're doing. Is that a is that a, a tool you can use, or a, you know, in telling your story and witnessing to people? I guess. Yeah, and I think like a lot of people, the thing they bring up, like when I was telling all my buddies I was going to go to seminary, like that means you can't get married. It's like I, I know that, <laughs> uh, but like nobody said to Saint Teresa of Calcutta, you'd be way happier if you were married, right? Like that never happened because they saw the joy she had. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things that has been it just impressed me a ton with these brothers in the seminaries, the joy that's present, right? Because nobody's going to think that you're on the wrong path. If you are exuding that peace and that joy that the Lord gives you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, is the question more like how does our 
countercultural lifestyle? How could that be attractive or how can that help others? Exactly. And what I think is that I think just there's a lot of people who aren't happy with the way their, their lives are, you know. No I've, doubt. I've mm-hmm. seen with people, you know, there's a lot of people are getting very isolated. Yeah. They're kind of their own echo chambers. Um, I say we're in a mental health crisis. Like you mm-hmm. hear that thrown around, you know, like nothing. It's a new study yeah. every week, it seems like, sure. of, of people. Yeah, and so objectively unhappy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and so I see it there, and so I think it looks like we're doing something different, you know. So that's first off, which is going to capture their attention, and then if we're exuding joy, it might mm. be enough for them to be like, maybe I need to change something in my own life. Maybe mm. what I'm doing mm. is not working, and I think occasionally, sometimes when you've seen priests do more normal events, even playing golf, if they're really joyful and and really deeply in love with our Lord, it's going to look different than just the, you know, someone else playing golf who doesn't, you know, care about their faith because mm-hmm. it, it just changes their life. The way we approach even the more normal activities mm-hmm. is different because of our relationship with Christ and the way we play into his church too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you actively, um, I don't know what the right verb is, but nurture that joy and have that joy and carry that joy. It's, it's, mm. it's kind of a choice, right? They say like happiness is an emotion, but joy is, is sort of right. a choice or a virtue. Like how do you how do you nurture that and and bring that into your everyday life? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it starts with prayer, mm-hmm. yeah. just just spending that time with the Lord, because that's where that joy comes from. Ultimately, is from Him, our relationship with Him. So that's where it starts, but also just. Um, Living the Christian life, I think you recognize how how beautiful life is, how how um, you know gifted mm-hmm. it is to be mm-hmm. alive. If that makes sense, like it's it's just a joy to to be alive, to have all these incredible people in your life. Um, you know, every blessing you, you just begin to recognize more and more. So, gratitude, I think, is, yeah. is a big part of it, and that's a big part of the Christian life so yeah. yeah I would I would have said uh gratitude fostering just an attitude of gratitude really transforms everything uh because otherwise we sit there and I know I, I do this a ton I'm still working on it uh but instead of looking at the thousand things that go right in the day I focus on the one thing that didn't go the way I wanted it to right um and the Lord's been moving me more to like, no, look at all these things that, and that I've done for you this day. And then that one thing doesn't seem so big and so necessary anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and all that begins with prayer and acknowledging who the Lord is. Yeah. How about you, Deacon Nathan? How do you stay joyful? How do I stay joyful? Um, prayer yeah. is obviously very important. Yeah. Thanksgiving, big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, I think friendship, too, mm-hmm. I think is a big contributor mm-hmm. to that joy uh, because it just keeps you from getting too caught in your own head, you know. And also being able to rejoice in other people's happiness and mm-hmm. the good things going on in their mm-hmm. life, you know. So don't get, not getting so just focused in on what's going on yeah. in my life and getting outside of myself uh, helps keep some of that joy because it, really seeing the Lord working in so many different ways how good he is to us mm. all. So Sure. So if you could go back 
and look at yourself during those times when you were starting to have the conversations about seminary and the priesthood and kind of share one thing with yourself that, you know, I think would be good to know coming in, what would that be? You, so it. much transformation has happened, right? So right. No, yeah, I'd just say it's worth it. Yeah. Like, it can seem daunting at times. Studying philosophy wasn't something I was super <laughs> excited about or, or good at. Um, but, you know, whether it's school is hard for you or being away from family or, you know, any number of things, like, it's worth it. It's just just to, to be formed as as we talked about, um, and and to be so close to ordination, even being just a deacon, mm-hmm. uh, is is worth it. Being able to preach and baptize, and um, yeah, it's all worth it. That's what I'd say. And I would say, don't hold back. Mm. Um, when you get there, there's sometimes you kind of hold out a bit, like once this doesn't work out, so you start kind of thinking about what's my backup plan in a certain sense, but I don't think you need to be worried about that. You just, if you give yourself more into your formation, you're just going to receive so mm. much more, mm. and there's no reason to be afraid because the reality matter of, and the way I think I got myself the first enter was uh, it's a win-win situation. Either I go into seminary and I find out that God wants me to be a priest, and that's awesome. I'm doing exactly what he, what he wants me to do. Or I get there and I realize he doesn't want me to be a priest. And that's awesome because, uh, you know, I gave him the time of day and I'm, you know, he's such a good gift giver. Like he's going to reward me abundantly more than any time I, you know, I gave him. So, mm-hmm. so don't hold back. Give it your all information. I would want Deacon John and Deacon Nate to go back and talk to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would... Yeah, I would tell myself he has so much more than I could ever ask for or imagine. Um, Yeah, because even my idea of priesthood now is absolutely nothing like it was seven years ago, six years ago. Um, What he's done in my own life, what I've seen him do, has blown my mind. Uh, so just buckle up. I think that's what I would say to myself. It's an incredible adventure. It's an incredible ride. And it's all, like John was saying, it's all totally worth it. And it's just starting. So just starting. We're getting close to the end of our time here. Uh, I want to I have you guys maybe make a clear distinction. Uh, we've talked about serious things today. We've talked about you know having fun. We've talked about the brotherhood. Seminary is a load, right? And at mm-hmm. least in terms of academics and mm-hmm. the, the time constraints that are put on you. And yet I, I see you, you laughing, even the interplay between you guys now, because you have gotten to, to know each other so well, and you kind of probably will be brothers for life in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, talk about just sort of that balance between the, the brotherhood and the joy and the positives. But it is a, a pretty rigorous undertaking that you're, you're about to conclude here. I think it's the equivalent of four master's degrees, <laughs> like credit-wise. <laughs> Yeah, I mean. I've, 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 I've literally heard that before. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, you know, what'd you say, two, two, two weeks in an online program yeah, or something right. like that? It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a little more than that. Much. No, it's, it's work for sure. Um, but it, it goes by quick. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. I'm not trying to say it's easy. 
because it's not. There's definitely some late nights working on papers. Um, there's days when you don't want to wake up at 5.30 to pray. Um, but, uh, like, it all works. It works out. Like, the mm-hmm. Lord works works mm-hmm. and, and makes it all happen. I've, there's been times where I was like, I have no clue how I'm going to get this paper done or get this, you know, am I just going to fail this test miserably? And then it's fine. It works. You know, you get it done, you take the test, and it's like, oh, okay, I actually knew what I was talking about. And mm-hmm. So it, it is hard work, um, but it's it's not that hard. <laughs> 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 that's, that's how I've, I've yeah, I, uh, part of it, it does help. The fraternity does help yeah. because it's like right. brothers going into war together, right. right? And it just, those relationships just get forged. Um, so it, it does help knowing that you're not the only one in this boat, yeah. <laughs> but you got everybody else mm-hmm. in the class that's struggling with the same thing you are. So, yeah, yeah that helps a ton. Yeah, I think what helped a lot is just uh, trying to strike a balance and Mm -hmm. good habits, too. Um, Believe it or not, I've kept up with working out ever since, you know, (laughs) football. So, so, you know, just keeping those things that are stress relievers, too. So, like, you know, keeping out by working out, playing sports with the guys just helps alleviate some of the stress that does come with just the workload. So, Beautiful. Yeah. One more, and we'll get you out of here. I'm going to put you guys on the spot, but just one of your favorite memories or, or favorite stories, particularly, you know, maybe with your brothers from your time in seminary. And I know it's hard to pick just one, so if there's a couple that come to mind, that's fine, too. This was not on the list of preparatory questions I sent over, by the way. So, uh, Yeah, there's been, I mean, so many awesome memories, but I'd say one would be just this last January we got to go as a class to Rome. Yeah. Pilgrimage there and um it was yeah, I I reflecting back on it just recognizing um how we've come together as a class and as brothers was super cool just to see how how close we are. So that 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 brotherhood aspect was there, but then also just getting to be in Rome and go to all these uh, incredible churches to be with the saints. You know, every every street corner you stop at, you know, they have uh, some saint is buried there. So that's that was, a, I mean, just the whole experience was so many good memories from the whole time there. But just as a whole, that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, for me, I would probably say over the past couple of years, we have a backyard at the backside of the seminary. So in the spring, we go out there with our <laughs> wedges and do a little chipping in the backyard. And especially during, like, finals week and the week before finals week, we're, when we're just stressed, just grabbing a couple guys and going out there and just picking a tree for the hole, and then whoever's the first guy to hit the tree gets to pick the next hole. And just, like, nice, leisurely time with the brothers, um, some beautiful weather. But, yeah. Really appreciate those days, just chipping in the backyard. Yeah, I was thinking of um, just different meal times. 
Sure. Certain mm-hmm. times where we've come together and we've prepared meals together, and um, there's some good cooks in the seminary, you know, that <laughs> have put together some really great meals, and there's just something about putting a lot of work and effort into this homemade meal, mm-hmm. and then just gathering around the table with food and drink, and that just allows you to kind of open up and just kind of get in more nostalgic, reflective mood and relate in a way that typically doesn't happen in other parts of the day. So, mm-hmm. yeah. mm. Not to mention you guys did a lot of this during a pandemic too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That bring you closer? Yeah. You're yeah. kind of like cloistered there for yeah, a little yeah, while? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Doing these types of yeah. things? That's how we yeah. started golfing in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. We have the <laughs> annual Corona Classic now <laughs> where we play nine nine holes out, out back. Named after the virus and not the beer. Right. Not the yeah, <laughs> thank you. Good. Not yeah. the victory <laughs> celebration yeah. beverage after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So good. Well, thank you guys for your time, for your yes, for your, your ministry, for, for making the sacrifices you have and will continue to make and, and everything you're doing for our church, uh, especially or yeah. maybe least importantly, jumping on a podcast for it with yeah. us for an hour. You're welcome. So thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah, yeah thank thanks, you. Bill. God bless. And thank you for joining us on this edition of the Joyful Catholic Leaders Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and follow both the St. Paul Seminary and St. John Vianney College Seminary on social media and at semsp.org. New episodes drop every month on the first Friday of the month in honor of Our Lady of Fatima and the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Thanks for listening and God bless.